Dynasty Duo Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, CJ Krauss, with the second show this week. And as always, my good friend Tyler Carp is with me. How are we doing, Tyler? I'm good. There are so many rookie drafts, so many. I, I've i had more this year, even though I have many less leagues. Somehow, it's difficult, you know, when you... <laughs> When your whole Patreon is just about fantasy advice, you have to, you know, there's a lot of messages like, what, what was this format? Like, what, what, who's on the board? Who's available? Like, what picks do we have? Like, I, it's a lot to keep track of. I, I definitely need to get more organized next year because I cannot have a repeat of what's been going on. But I, I got to say, it's been fun, and it's given me a good handle on what's going on in rookie drafts. Like, from everyone's different perspective you know not everyone i work with has the same style as me or the same style as cj as a dynasty player so it's giving me like a good perspective of just like what's going on in different leagues where are these players really going who's going ahead of who so it's just been great to get all of that information but yeah it is a little bit overwhelming i'm not gonna lie yeah, there's so much going on everywhere. There's drafts all over the place, taking part in your rankings, understanding what the format is. It's just, it's a lot. It's a lot to handle. It really is. But when it's gone, we're going to miss it. That's we the will. biggest thing. Oh, um, 100%. But just to go over what we did in the previous show, I'm sure you heard it. If you have not, make sure you hear that one. We dropped it on Monday. We went over the consensus top 12 picks inside of rookie drafts and we only had a small difference today we're gonna have pretty decent differences we had to actually make a consensus between us two but the top 12 going forward were trevor lawrence justin fields trey lance jamar chase Najee harris kyle pitts zach wilson travis Etienne, javante williams mac jones um smith and waddle to round out the top 12 and there's pretty much consensus of that small different of order but more or less yeah there yeah, was no difference those are the locked in 12 yeah there was um, basically no disagreement so that was weird we got through a whole show just agreeing on almost everything <laughs> so that that will not be the case today that no, we, will we, not be the case we got some things to talk about and tyler's even higher in these players but gotta make that drop happen let's jump in that rookie review Round two, fight. All right, Tyler, so we got a lot to cover today. We are going pretty much 13 through 36 in a consensus way. We're going to touch on some guys that really need to be talked about, um, but we're not going into detail like we did last time. But we're still going to drop over to some guys. We honestly had the same exact players in 13 through 19, but the way we ordered them made it happen that um, this was the consensus. So starting off at ranking number 13 or the 201 in your rookie drafts, Rondale Moore makes this spot. And I believe this actually was you pulling it up, Tyler. Yes, it was. It was me pulling it up. I, this begins, it just so happens this year that the end of the first round is the end of a tier. You know, we talked about Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle last week. That was the end of a tier for me. Now we start a new tier which begins for me with Rondell Moore, who I like. He was drafted in the second round, goes to the Cardinals, good landing spot, should have playing time immediately. I liked Rondell Moore in the pre-draft. I was terrified that he wouldn't get the draft capital. I was very scared he would go on day three. And he went in round two, which was ex extremely exciting for me. I was, I, you have no idea how excited I was when I saw he got that draft capital. So that pushes him back up to kind of where I had him pre-pre-draft like two months ago when I wasn't scared about the draft capital and that's why he comes in here at 201 for me yeah I have him at 202 overall so you're pulling up a little bit but we're talking splitting hairs here on how it's going right there but Rondo Moore I love the landing spot I think he's going to do great things with Kyler Murray more of an extension of the run than anything else I think he's going to be a really a good little. red zone target that's something so he's uh, got that body size mm -hmm. he's got he's a little ant-man on a player profile so it's kind of cool yeah let me give and credit he, to uh rich dynasty island when i was on the show with him he did mention that that rondell moore could be used in a curtis samuel type role as an extension of the run game so we talked about that on that show which people should go listen to 
Um, but yes, it, it is something that needs more attention. I completely agree that they have ineffective running backs there. We know James Connors, ineffective and always injured. Chase Edmonds, backup. So he does have an additional opportunity there. Yeah, it's definitely one of the biggest things that he has going for him. I think he actually hurts um, the run game a lot with that. Chase Edmonds takes a bigger hit than people realize to me. And we, we're a show that's not high on Edmonds anyways, but no. in the general consensus, you should be a little more worried about Edmonds. A lot of people weren't worried when James Conner signed there. That took a hit to him, and now Ron Dimworth another hit. We've been saying sell Edmonds for a while, but I think Tyler's not going to argue by any means. Keep selling your Edmonds at their so. current value. So we're going to move on to the next guy here. It's, not, it's the other Moore. It's the Elijah Moore. I was actually higher on Elijah Moore in the pre-draft process, and he just um, landed in a spot that I'm happy with, but I'm not ecstatic about with the uh, New York Jets. What's your opinion on Elijah Moore? I like him. I mean, he should have opportunity to play in the slot there, but, I mean, it's the Jets. It is the Zach Wilson, Robert Sala Jets, which is a completely different Jets, so... You know, I don't want to count it too much against him. I'll, I'll lean toward Rondell Moore, who I think is a better landing spot. I liked better pre-draft, even if he went a few picks later in the NFL draft. They were both in the second round. Um, but with Elijah Moore, I literally have them in my overall startup rankings, 102 and 103, Rondell Moore and Elijah Moore. So we're talking about a pick em between the two. If you want to pick Elijah Moore over Rondell Moore, go ahead. I mean, that's one spot overall difference on a list of 300-something players. So we're talking about two very similar players here. Yeah, they're all pretty um, close and identical. They're both great, smaller guys. I think Elijah Moore will, I, might be bump up more when we get the assumed um, cut of Jamison Crowder from that team. So that's one of the biggest things. Again, I like him. I think he's a great route runner, one of the best in the class, going to the right system if you can get that slot role. The next guy is the one that we disagree on the most. It is going to be Rashad Bateman. Do we really so, disagree that much? I mean, like... I have, I have him at the 201. Yeah. That's, that's one of our biggest disagreements there in this early phase. You have him sniffing lower. Where do you have him, Tyler? I had him, what, at 204? Yep. Yeah, 204. But, you know, to me, again, we're talking about a minimal difference. We're talking about, I said, Rondell Moore. I had it 102 overall. Elijah Moore, 103. I'm talking about Rashad Bateman at 110. In the same round, we're talking about a few picks difference. We're not talking about a massive difference. So he falls into the same tier as Rondell Moore and Elijah Moore for me. I'd prefer the other guys just because I don't, I don't want any receivers in Baltimore. No thank you on receivers from Baltimore. They will not pass the ball. I, I've talked about this for hours and hours and hours. I... Like, there is no more to say about why I don't want Rashad Bateman in Baltimore. Uh, yeah, I, I'll i just go with the guys who have more immediate opportunity to see targets, who have a higher target ceiling. And I just really dislike the landing spot, even though he went in the first round. So it's, it's enough to push him to the bottom of this tier for me. I think he ends the tier for me. I know you have one more guy inside of this tier. I think the next guy we're going to talk about is on the next tier, and you have him inside this tier. But I, th I think Bateman is going to be good. I think he's going to be just good. He's still the number one target in that offense that walks into that number one role in terms of the wide receivers. Mark Andrews might beat him out overall in that way that they run the offense. But I think based on his skill set, again, I think he got enough knocks in the pre-draft process being shorter and lighter than what we expected. And on top of it, going to, in my opinion, the second worst landing spot and Tyler's opinion, the worst landing the spot. Worst. There, so but that's the biggest thing. You have one player inside the tier with these guys as well. You have Trey Sermon. He comes at um, the 16th overall player to me. I think he's on the next tier, but you have him inside and is above Bateman. Why do you have Trey Sermon there? Well, I just don't understand why. Why would you take Rashad Bateman, who has no ceiling at all, no ceiling? He maybe, if you're lucky, will be a mid wide receiver too in your career. If he's like the best player ever, he'll be a mid wide receiver too. That's what you're getting. Why would you take that when you could take a running back who was taken on day two? There were not many of those this year. He Sermon was taken on day two. He falls in. He does. He was. He was taken on day two. So and then he fell into the Kyle Shanahan offense. Now people always complain. Kyle Shanahan rotates his running backs. He he rotates his running backs. But could you blame him? He's had horrible running backs. What would you do? If Jarek McKinnon, you signed Jarek McKinnon to be your workhorse running back, they signed him to a massive contract, and then he got injured. 
So they didn't have a plan. So they just rotated everyone behind him. And then this year, 2020, what would you have done? Raheem Mostert was supposed to be the starter. Raheem Mostert gets injured. Then they, at some point, they went to Tevin Coleman. If you've ever seen Tevin Coleman play, that's a terrible plan because he's completely ineffective. He can't do anything. Then they went to Jarek McKinnon, who was too tired to take multiple carries. Then, at some point, they went to Jermichael Hasty, who then like broke his collarbone and was out for the whole season. So, And then they went to Jeff Wilson, who actually did get workhorse touches near the end of the season because there was no one else. What I'm saying is, Kyle Shanahan does not rotate his running backs by design. In 2017, the last year that he had an incumbent starter who stayed healthy for the entire season, Carlos Hyde, Carlos Hyde received 240 carries. Not 150, 240. So you're telling me if maybe I could get Trey Sermon who gets 240 carries? I'll take Trey Sermon with 240 carries, even if I don't think he's very good. They have Trey Lance as well. They have Trey Lance, and that's going to improve the running offense. I I just don't see any reason why I wouldn't take Trey Sermon at this stage. Now, I don't want to take him in the fifth round, which is where he's going in one QB of DLF ADP. I don't want to do that. In startups? Yeah, yeah. Not doing that. Don't do that. That is bad. I'm telling you, do not do that. But I have him in Superflex at 105th overall, you're talking, which means I'll never get him, even though I'm pretty, high, I'm higher on him than CJ. I'll never get him at that price. That means he's a ninth round pick. To give people an idea, because one QB ADP is more insistent, uh, consistent, I have him at 82 overall, just seventh round starter pick. Apparently that means I'll never get him. But I, I'm high, I'd rather have him than these wide receivers that I just think have no ceiling. I just think Bateman's the only one of the receivers I have above him. I just think he, with his draft capital and his ability, I think he beats him out. I think it's uh, he's good enough player in that next year to outperform the situation more than what Sermon, I think, is going to be. I think that with the way they have their offense, with with guys like Mostert still there, who has better top-end speed, someone that can actually get open, because their, their offensive scheme gets players to the second level. I'm not sure if Sermon has that kick to be Doesn't in the second level. It doesn't matter if that's where Sermon is in ADP. My ranking's too low. Well, I'm, I'm not I'm disagreeing with ADP even no, more than you are. No, but you can disagree with it, but that's the value that he holds. If that's really the value that he holds, my ranking has to be higher. My well, at that point, has, if, if, if there's that trade market out there, I would take him just to trade him. If that's what I'm saying. That if that's the case, then my, which I think is insane, but if that's the case, then my ranking's even too low. He needs to be a whole round in startup value higher. He needs to be above the two mores in these rankings. If that's his real trade value, I know. I, I know you don't like it, but just according to the value, if that's the value that he really holds and it's like 30 to 40% more than the two mores, it's just the dynasty travesty not to take him. You have to take this him is, and this is deal just going to be a grenade. I think it's just I, I understand what you're saying. You don't have to take him at the price that he's going but he has to be higher than the price that we have him because we just have him, we have him two rounds lower than where he's going. We just can't, you just can't rank yeah. that way. You have to take the player somewhat closer to their value. And then if you want to trade them, you can trade them later. Or I'll just, just take someone else that's actually, good, that's actually a good player. So yeah, I'll be taking completely then, but yeah. don't, you have to take the player that's valued significantly more. This well, alleged, well, fifth round ADP we don't agree with that I agree that I agree that it, I agree that it exists yeah. somehow I accept that it exists that's probably a better way to turn that yeah, I accept. Let's, let's make it very clear that we strongly no, no. disagree and you we are not doing that and there is no convincing all. me to put we in there until him. until something happens him. on the field there's nothing in his college shape there's nothing in nothing. His measurables there's nothing, nothing even in his draft capital just because he was nothing. one of two players drafted on day two in the running back position doesn't mean he's good. It just means the running back class is that bad. That's but. what I'm saying. There's, I agree with you. And this is, I want to talk about this because there's, there's, this is, there's not that actually that much interesting to talk about after that or debate worthy to talk about after this. But this is exactly what we did last year with Keyshawn Vaughn. We just vaulted him up like into the fifth round. That's where he was in the fifth round of, you know, for no reason, for no reason, 
bad college profile, just vaulted him up just because we like the landing spot. I'm saying to be a little bit more reasonable. Don't take him in the fifth round. Don't do it. I did it last year. It was a huge mistake. And, you know, just don't don't fall into that trap. Just value him more appropriately. Take him, you know, in a reasonable range. You know, with these wide receivers, I'm not that excited about these wide receivers. But, you know, do not pass up on Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddell to take uh, Trey Sermon. That is a big mistake. Don't, please don't do that. If you're listening to this podcast and thinking about doing that, please, I'm begging you, don't do it. Always draft best player available is kind of the best way to go about yeah. that without putting yourself in a glaring need there. Uh, next up, let's go to the next guy. Running back, I have higher than Sermon. I think he's better. And I think he has a way to get more touches the first year than anything. It's going to be Michael Carter for the Jets. I think with that, I know he's a day three pick, but he was, I believe, the second pick of day three going to the Jets. The only running back that they took for that. And he has to beat out guys like LaMichael Pirine and uh, the ghost of Tevin Coleman. Both those players are actually hot garbage and i think he's got the ability to walk into now again i don't think he's that good i think he's got a lot of question marks he's never been a workhorse back he's for his size speed combination a 28th percentile athlete but i think just for sheer volume inside that offense that he'll get more of it than sermon in my opinion and that's why i'm higher i just i'll stick with the the draft capital the better offense i i think it's the better offense i I'm always wary a little bit about buying into these alleged opportunities for a day three guy. We've done that many, many times. You know, we, we do that every year. It's the, we have the Justice Hill failure. We have the Joshua Kelly failure. I mean, how many running backs from the fourth round have ever hit, ever? You have Devonta Freeman's the only one anytime recently. Uh, well, is, we, have the, we have the Aaron Jones in the- that's, um, He's not the fourth round. He's well, the, the fifth round. Fifth round. But what, what I'm saying is, there aren't that just because someone goes in the fourth round someone says oh that's great draft capital fourth round there should be i'm not i'm not saying it's good draft capital though no no, but that's what i'm saying some people don't understand the difference between the third and the fourth the hit rate in the fourth is i named one one good player in the last like seven years who came out of the fourth round at running back if the fourth round were so great you would think that there would be more but if you look at the third round there's plenty of players who've succeeded from the third round i mean Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, David Montgomery are all players who've hit out of the third round. I still don't hate him. He is still in this tier with the other players, although he's starting to, I debate if he's really with them, or for me, he really falls more into the next tier just because I don't buy, I just don't buy into the, um, the fourth round draft capital. I, I liked him more coming out. I wish he'd gone earlier. And I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm not sure. I have a bad feeling about this. We do this every time someone goes in the fourth round and has a path to touches. We, we do this every year and we're always wrong. We're always wrong. And that scares me. So I, I'll, I'll probably pass on Carter. We're in a range. Where I'm not excited about anybody. But I'm excited about a situation, at least. That's something uh, where I'm at right now. So you're higher on some of these guys in this range. But I think yeah, I our think... biggest differential here is I have Sermon and Carter together in the same tier. And I wouldn't fight you if you pick Sermon over Carter. I just have Carter a little bit higher because I think the situation can work out better for him. You have Sermon a tier above this. And that's what yeah, our biggest I, I think differential is. I think we actually probably have Carter if we looked at our startup rankings and around the right in this, around the same place. It's Sermon that we have differently. Yeah. Like. Carter, to give you an idea, the running back I have right above Carter is Ronald Jones. I think Ronald Jones over Carter. And the running back right below Carter, Leonard Fournette. So he comes in right between that's, that's, Ronald that's Jones like, and Leonard Yeah, Fournette. that's like the range I would take Carter and actually print exactly. Like, I wouldn't right. more. I'd rather so Carter. It's not Carter we disagree on. It's Sermon, who yeah. I have way – it's Sermon I have above, you know, above Fournette, Carter, uh, Rojo. I have Sermon above A.J. Dillon and then – then we get to sermons a, a good like five spots even higher than that so yeah, I, don't, I don't agree with that i yeah I, so that's i that's will never own a sermon is what i'm learning today but i'll never have i'll never have sermon either i have him higher than you but i still have him lower than almost everyone else so yeah. so it's someone who hates sermon versus someone who apparently doesn't really like him so that's yeah don't well, don't hear what i'm debate. saying it, you know <laughs> yeah. i'm it's a weird argument because we're two people who are both pretty low on sermon, I guess.
pretty much. So next two guys are pretty. I'm gonna tie them together here just because they're the next two wide receivers. We have Kadarius Tony and Terrace Marshall. So that's two of the guys that we have together yeah. at our 18 and 19 spot. Uh, Tony's got draft capital. He's an, an anomaly. We don't know exactly what he's gonna do. We or don't be, know. But he was taken in the first round. Teams wanted him. Multiple teams wanted him. And Terrace Marshall is the other side of the coin. Nobody we wanted. liked him. We think he's a great big body guy as like um, a community. But the NFL is like, mm, injury concerns. He's going to be dropped down. But he did have pretty decent draft capital, but not great compared to Tony. So these guys are so interesting to me. That's why I'm putting them together. They're almost polar opposites of the way it works. But what's your opinion on those guys? So for me, this is the clear end of a tier. Like, I agree. After this, after these two, we have 20 overall spots before we get to the next guy. So essentially, Marshall, what I'm saying is Marshall is as who I have at 19. I have Tony at 18. Marshall is as close for me to Rondell Moore as he is to at 201 as he is to the next guy at 210. So this is the end. This is the end of our tier. And, and I think that this is what people should hear. There are really 19 players that we really want. There are 19. And that's it. After that, you're talking about everyone we're going to talk about after these two players. You're talking about a, a big maybe, a complete maybe, a dart throw, who knows. But with these two, I think you can see something more clear. With Tony, like you said, he was drafted in the first round. I have no confidence in Darius Slayton on the Giants to do anything. Sterling Shepard is a total jag. He provides nothing special, nothing. Anybody can do that. Any receiver off the bench can do that. So he provides nothing. So Kadarius Tony has a path to immediately become the wide receiver too in that offense behind Kenny Galladay. And I think he will very shortly. Yeah, I have no confidence in Evan Ingram and his drop problem and every other bad thing that he brings to the table. So yeah, I, I think he has an opportunity. Problem with Kadarius Tony is what, what are you hoping for? Like, what is he? It's the same problem with Henry Ruggs last year. Except this is even worse because there's Kenny Galladay on this team ahead of him. What are you hoping for with Kadarius Tony? I'm hoping the NFL is right and he's better than I think he is. That's about all I can really say. He's 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 such an athletic guy. He has the deep threat capabilities, and Daniel Jones is a pretty good deep ball thrower. That's something we all agree to. That's about like the only spot he's good at. It's one of those things where it's just the draft capital. There's nothing else I like. Nothing at all. Nothing. Well, in the pre-draft process, I was like higher than most on Tony just because I thought he was going to get the draft capital. Me too. And that's like was the only reason. Like I don't like his tape, but the <laughs> NFL likes something about him. So the, the, um, they're the ones putting the capital in. They're the ones putting him on the field. If someone's on the field, there's going to be opportunity. And we could be wrong as a community, but we'll see. Yeah. He's more here by default yeah. because I refuse to let a first-round wide receiver drop any further. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of... That's kind of how I see it. I, I have nothing good. I actually have nothing good to say about Kadarius Tony. There's nothing good. He was drafted in the first round. That's the end of the list of good things I have to say about Kadarius Tony. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's kind of a stretch you saying that we have 19 players we want. I only have 15 players I want, and then well, I have about five players... Uh, sorry, four players that I'm okay with. Fine, I have 19 players I want then. These 19 yeah. are the players that I have. Yeah. I, my, I have my, want, my want ends at Bateman, and my okay with starts at Sir, starts at Carter and Sermon. Yeah, and my want, I, I think I'm higher on these all of these players than you. Like, a, a lot of them end up ranked. I, I think if you looked at my startup rankings and yours, you would find that mine are higher. I, I think I'm just overall higher on players. Like, all the ones we've talked about, Rondell Moore, Elijah Moore. Possible that even Bateman ends up higher in my overall rankings than yours, even if you have him higher in your rookie rank. He's not that low in my overall rankings. Sermon, we already talked about Carter's kind of in the same place, and it sounds like I'm significantly higher on my overall rankings on Tony because uh, he's pretty high. He's like, to give you an idea, uh, Kadarius Tony is right behind Jarvis Landry and Henry Ruggs, and he's, well, right ahead of Marshall, ahead of Darnell Mooney, ahead of Corey Davis. That's where these two fall in. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'd be trading away my rookie pick to you. Yeah, that's what so I, clear, I, clearly so. you wouldn't want these guys. Um, so so I, I'm higher on them than you are. Yeah, I think I just I became so, so much lower on this class. I'd be I'm the guy selling my seconds as much as I can for some yeah. more useful I players. It. I think, but 
I don't think we're in the wrong range. I just would rather have guys you have behind him. So this you would be you would be someone I'd be like, hey, do you want my two oh eight? I might do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I so, might do it. So definitely check around your uh leagues for if you're not if you're more on my side, go do the trades. If you're on Tyler's side, go buy the picks. It's kind of picks, yeah, because the picks have the picks did a weird thing. They lost value. This never happens. The picks lost value after the NFL draft. They, it's, it's, other than it's like very the rare. Well, the top five picks went up. Went up. But everything after, like everything yeah. from like eleven down, or especially starting the second round, everything lost value. So you're you're talking about it's easier to buy picks now, which never happens. And we didn't really talk about Terrace Marshall, but I don't like him either. I mean, I, I don't hate him, but I don't like him. Well, Terrace Marshall is more like straightforward. He's got an opportunity. He Does has he? a big body. He's got what opportunity. Where is the opportunity? Where's the opportunity? Well, I mean, where where's the opportunity? It's a Sam Darnold-led offense that has a target hog in Christian McCaffrey, and it has an entrenched number one wide receiver in DJ Moore. A Sam Darnold-led offense with those things. You're, where's, where is this opportunity? I don't see it. We've seen that offense be sufficient to be able to support three wide receivers. I understand with a different quarterback, but is Sam Darnold really that much worse than— um... well, I haven't seen Sam Darnold support any wide receivers. He hasn't that, supported any wide receivers. That scheme and offense, and I believe they got a quarterback upgrade. In the that quarterback way. has to execute on something. I, I believe that Sam Darnold has. Do you think Sam Darnold's out. worse than Teddy Bridgewater? No, I don't think he's like like I think Sam Darnold has more upside. Uh, he's physically a better quarterback, but he has failed to execute on anything in the NFL. He hasn't done anything. He's been terrible. He's been. There's no way that anyone can tell me that Sam Darnold has been good. He's I'm not bad. saying I'm not saying he's been good at all. I'm just saying Teddy Bridgewater was not good. Yet we still saw three wide receivers be good for fantasy. But what if offense. Sam Darnold makes it worse? What if he's so me- like what I, if he makes I, it better? There's there's arguments both ways on this one. Well, he could make it better, but you're, you're talking about this like massive opportunity for people are talking about this massive opportunity for Terrence Marshall. I don't see any massive opportunity. I'm I not saying massive opportunity. There's opportunity to be useful for I my fantasy. Who- I'm saying I could put him as a flex. I see someone who fell in the draft because of injury, has work ethic concerns on top of that that were well publicized before the draft, and has one of the worst quarterbacks in the league who's now locked in for two years, I might add, now that they picked up a $22 million guaranteed fifth-year option. What That was a great decision that the Panthers made. They didn't take Justin Fields. Instead, they're paying Sam Darnold $22 million in 2022. So that's what they did. And they also still have Robbie Anderson this year. So that's going to be another obstacle for him to get immediate playing time. I, I just, I, I'm willing to wait on Terrace Marshall, but you know, it's weird because I'm talking about him in a horribly negative way and you're talking about him in a more positive way. Yet I have him ranked higher. Maybe that just goes to show like that, emotions and rankings aren't necessarily the same thing i think i'm just upset because i like terrace marshall pre-draft he fell in the draft he didn't land i mean we're not going to say the panthers are a good landing spot right i mean you you wanted him to go to the Packers. like people want wouldn't you rather him on the packers at, in, in the first in reality round? I, I want him to go to the saints great that would have been great and he was he was one spot away yeah i'm just i'm just saying I wanted him to go higher in the draft. I wanted him to go somewhere else. This was not what I wanted. And I like Terrace Marshall pre-draft. And I'm See, sorry. I didn't like him as much pre-draft either. So, like, I, I actually got, like, I what him. I was expected. And you were, like, disappointed. I'm so disappointed. Kind of yeah, I'm disappointed. I'm sad because he, he doesn't have the kind of immediate opportunity I thought he would get. I thought he would be a first-round pick. <laughs> he wasn't. He was not by and any means. Why did my Giants, stuff. as a mad Giants fan here, why didn't the Giants take Terrace Marshall? Then I would be all in. I'd be all in on Terrace Marshall. But I, I, I don't know. We're not, we're not scouts. We just. I, I, I understand it, but that, that's maybe where all of this is coming from. It's just, but you know, take advantage of this. Take advantage of this. If people let these emotions control them during their rookie drafts and just don't want any of these players or want them or for whatever reason. That's how you take advantage of people when you're playing against them. So it's it's good it's a good lesson to learn not to let all of these emotions actually impact your decisions. I I don't, but it it you know I, I have feelings too. I'm I'm a human being, so that that comes across more on the podcast than it would if you're playing against me in a dynasty league. I, I have leagues that call me robot a lot. Yeah, of the time oh yeah, you're you're more of a robot than me for sure. <laughs> let, Great, let, good to hear. 
Uh, let's, let's move on to the let's let's move the next chunk of guys together to finish off our round of top twenty-four. And anybody you really want to talk about a lot, just to kind of get through a little bit more players. We're, we're done with the seconds. players I want to talk about a lot. Yeah, well, that's why we're gonna. Already. That's why we're chunking them together a little bit. Yeah, so that, that happened already. Twenty to twenty-four. We have Pat Farmuth, Amari Rogers, Diami Brown, Nico Collins, and Davis Mills. Any of those guys you want to talk about? Not really. I mean, Pat Fryermuth, whatever. He was a tight end. He went. Remember, we are round. talking in um, 1.75 um, tight end premium. So we they get an extra 0.75 per reception. So that's probably a little bit higher than in regular rankings. If we're doing you're going to have to wait a long time. You're going to have to wait a long time for Pat Fryermuth. I mean, they have three receivers who demand targets and Eric Ebron, who, you know, we always say, oh, the rookie tight end is going to come into the game immediately. No, he's not going to come into the game immediately. He's barely going to get any playing time. This is Big Ben's last season. I, we're not putting a we're not putting a rookie on the field so early. That's just not going to happen. So you're going to be waiting on Pat Fryermuth for who knows how long, and then they have no plan to replace Ben at quarterback. So I don't know. I'm not very – all you're going to hear about now is how we're not interested in these people for reason A or reason B. Uh, not so interested in Pat Fryermuth. I'm not super excited. I think Amari Rodgers is the most interesting one. If Aaron Rodgers That's a big presumably it. is not there, does he drop farther in your rankings? I mean, no. Like, just because the other players are – we're starting to get to other players that I really don't like. So, so not really. He might drop one spot in my rankings. Yeah. But there's a massive gulf for me coming up. And uh, he would not fall over the gulf into the next group, but he would drop if Aaron Rodgers went away. Obviously, well, I want of course, him. yeah, he, he would he would drop in your overall rank. Is that the name of these rookies? Yeah. Yeah, he probably yeah. he's like, I, no matter who they get, I don't think he's in a bad spot. I think he walks into some kind of role because he, he does feel a need. Yeah, he does feel a need for the want. team, regardless. And in this deep in the late second, that's kind of what we're trying to shoot for here. Somebody. Yeah, he has, he has a path to being the number two wide receiver on the team very, very quickly because Alan Lazard is boring. He's a jag. MVS sucks. He drops every pass. I, we don't want him. So Devin Funchess is on that team. Who cares? We He has a path to, to targets. That's what we want at, at this stage. Pretty much, yeah. That's one of the biggest things. Anything on Davis Mills you want to talk about really quick? Because He's an I interesting mean, one in there's the There's a lot to talk about with Davis Mills, but not it has nothing to do with Davis Mills. I, I, I mean, Davis Mills is quarterback. We'll, 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 we're not going to bring Watson again, but just say it doesn't exist, and it's Tyrod Taylor, Davis Mills. Do you think Davis Mills can outbeat Tyrod for the job? Yes. Okay. Again, that's probably a good reason why to take him at the back end of the second as like a big lottery ticket. We're in an area where like we don't really like too many people, and no. a quarterback lottery ticket, if that pays off, you'll get a second and some. And some of these players, even if they pay off to what we think they are, you're probably getting a second flat. Yeah, pretty much. So, and this is a bad class. So if you just kind of can get that second back out, like you're winning right there. Even, so even if, yeah. I try to Davis swap Mills, out some like late seconds for a future second and a few leagues. Yeah, if Davis Mills starts one game, you can get a second for him. So Exactly. In Superflex, that's just how the market and, works. And you, and you take that. You oh, you take, take that. it. Hey, take it. Take it. I, I don't think he's very good. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, Coming up, we're going to go to the 25 to 30 here. Just lump them all together once again. Um, someone I bumped up, and I'm sure we're going to talk about Amon Ross St. Brown is uh, jumps up to 25 in our rankings because of me. And Kyle Trask, Kenneth Gamewell, Ramondre Stevenson, Chuba Hubbard, and Dwayne Eskridge is 30 in our rankings, consensus-wise. The biggest thing with this one is I pulled up St. Brown, and then I pulled down Eskridge. Why do you have them flip-flopped in your rankings? Well, going to be higher. I have Eskridge higher because he was drafted in the second round. I, I don't want any day three wide receivers. No day three wide receivers for me. I mean, I there have been four in the last 10 years, four day three wide receivers who've put up a top 24 season. Four day three wide receivers. That's, that's, that's awful. And by the way, two of them are Antonio Brown and Stefan Diggs. Do we think that do we any of us think that Amon Ross St. Brown is either Antonio Brown or Stefan Diggs? Because I sure don't. The other two, for the record, are Marvin Jones, who was actually a pretty underrated player <laughs> for most of his career. And then Mike Williams, the Tampa version, also got in there at some point. That was way before my time, I think. It, but it's, fu it's funny you bring up uh, Marvin Jones because he went to the line, Amon Ross St. Brown. He could be the number one guy for that team. 
but we're talking about four four hits i'm just of, i'm just I saying like 260 he, he, who but he again this is one of the situations where like what's the competition that he's gonna have compared to someone care. like eskridge who has severe competition well let me tell you something else maybe this will change your mind no fourth round you say there's no competition no fourth round pick has finished as a top 50 wide receiver i think in the last four years does that change your mind I mean, I'm not, ex- I'm not expecting anything too much. He's a taxi squad guy. I'm just saying that. No, but see, I, that, if that's what you're saying, you're saying people are into Amon Ross St. Brown because there's immediate opportunity, and they think that he's going to do something now. If you're telling me, oh, well, I don't think he's going to do anything now, he's going to produce in the future, there's no future because he's going. they're going to add, they have to add more receivers in the future. This is not, they're tanking this year. They're trying to lose. That's what they're doing. And next year, they're going to add more receivers, just like, you know, you saw the Dolphins. They went through a big process, and now finally they added receiver in, in the first round. Amon Ross St. Brown is not actually going to be the number one wide receiver on this team at any time that matters. And this year— I think he could be there in the middle of the season. He could, he could be there. It doesn't mean it's a good number one wide receiver. I think it's going to run through Swift, and it's going to go through Hawkinson. But as like being the receiver, I think he's I think he's a good receiver. I don't think Eskridge is good. I just told you the odds that he's he'd have to beat. I mean, it's never happened top fifty in rookie year and four ever in the last ten years have put up any top twenty four season ever. So if, I'm not saying he's just finished. I just I'm by midseason, he's gonna be usable. That's what I'm getting from Amon Ross. I just can't. I can't do it. I, I I can't do it. Why would I bother? I, I just I'm so out. I'd rather take any running back in that range. Just give me a chance on a running back. Running backs have far more sell-on value if they have any flash than any wide receiver. And on top of that, the hit rate on uh, day three running backs, while it is bad, is I believe about four or five times the hit rate on those uh, wide receivers. So I have zero interest in Amon Ross St. Brown. I've seen people... I've seen people draft him in the early second, and I am just like, what are you doing? Why? Why are you doing this? You're, I, I just, you're, you're betting on the ultimate outlier over, they're taking him over players like Rondell Moore and Elijah Moore or Kadarius Tony, who was taken in the first. And I'm like, I just, I can't, I can't endorse it. It's, it's just, the, the math is just so bad. I can't do it. I, mean, I don't have him that high either. So for the record, I would. But no, I, I'm telling it. you that you have him low compared to other people i just don't people don't really it. like rookies that's all i'm learning from this whole exercise rookie fever i think they're gonna real. regret it very quickly actually i, I think well, that- the last class kind of jaded us in my opinion so we're like so expecting this like last class all these rookies are so good you can plug them right into your roster they were great no matter where they were drafted da, 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 da. This, this is not the same class some not but here's the thing some people might who've listened to the podcast the whole way through might say well tyler you're being very hypocritical you didn't want you said that people shouldn't take you should take trey sermon earlier because his value says so but you shouldn't do that with amon ross st brown even though his value says so so why do i say that it's because amon ross st brown is a wide receiver you cannot sell these late round they might have the startup value but they don't have the trade value you cannot sell these late round wide receivers in the way you can sell a running back you just cannot do it it doesn't work that way. They have val- they have the startup value because there's a truther that's willing to pick them, but they do not have the market value like a running back will. Not Nobody's trying to trade for a wide receiver five. That doesn't happen, but any running back who gets any opportunity and suddenly you have a trade market in season that week. That's why I'm out on the idea also of taking Amon Ross St. Brown just for the value. I'm not interested in that either. I mean, I totally, I, I totally agree with that one. That's one of the biggest things there is that running backs will can be useful week to week. Wide receivers usually don't have that ability to. So speaking of running backs, game usually week to week. We have a few of them in this area. We have the Chuba Hubbard, Ramondre Stevenson, and Kenneth Gainwell. Any of those guys that you're picking up just for that same idea, or, there, or do you think they have standalone value? Well, they're three completely different things. Chuba Hubbard's easy. Chuba Hubbard is a handcuff. If CMC stays healthy, Chuba Hubbard has no value. So that's it. We I did an article on this. It's coming out very soon. We saw what CMC's snap share was. This four-year extension that he signed is just starting. It's actually not even starting. This year is the fifth-year option. Then 22, we start the four-year $64 million extension. So 
Chuba Hubbard, unless some unless CMC something happens to him, you can just take him and erase him from your imagination. He's just a handcuff, a really good handcuff, but you'll never get to see it unless CMC gets hurt again. So that that's the easy one to describe. The other two. The other two are in weird situations. Stevenson is so murky. I have no idea what's going on there. They were and, saying he could bump Sony Michelle from the roster. Yeah, which and is possible. If, and if but I think he's a thumper. Case, if that's the case, then I would like him the most of this group by far. I agree. Uh, I would like him, but you know, it's also possible that he gets the Damian Harris treatment, who had four carries as a rookie and never ever saw the field, despite being a third round pick. Stevenson is a fourth, so. Uh, who knows if they cut Sony Michelle, I'll be more interested, but they do weird things with their running backs. Who knows what they're going to do? James White is still there. Take a James White is also work. still there. Damian Harris is going to be the starter. He's not going away. And Cam Newton is the presumed starter week one. Who's going to take away a lot of yeah, rushing. Yeah, all the rushing work. So I, I just have little to no interest in Ramondre Stevenson right now. Kenneth Gainwell, I really liked pre-draft. Unfortunately, he fell all the way to the fifth round. I was, this was the one. I was probably the most disappointed in. This. He's the Darren Sproles yeah. of the team. He's the taking over Boston. But he's Scott not Jordan. though. That see, that's the thing. It's not actually what he is. He actually is very capable of running the ball. I just well, the team is going to use him that way. I'm not saying I him understand. as a player. I'm saying Basically, the team sees him that way. See, that's not the thing. Basically, what they did. He that's how he'll be used. But basically, what they did is they took a backup. They took a backup who can deliver most of – because Jordan Howard can't deliver anything. Boston Scott can't carry the ball at all. So they took someone in Gainwell who can complement Sanders as a receiver normally, and if Sanders goes down, can take over the rushing role. He actually can run the ball, unlike what, what they have. So that's what they did, but – I just wish he had gone somewhere where his receiving talent would be more highlighted because that's what Sanders does best. So it just doesn't really make any sense. They really just took a backup, which makes sense in the fifth round, but clearly teams didn't see him as a complimentary piece. They saw him as a backup, which is to me very disappointing because that's not what I saw. Uh, but it, again, very disappointing. I, I'm pretty sad about Gainwell's draft capital and you know, I'm I'm hoping he gets on the field anyway because I've never been a Miles Sanders fan, but it's pretty grim. If Miles Sanders stays healthy, you're not going to get any fantasy value out of Gainwell at all. You need it's a not, Sanders it's, injury. It's, it's not looking good. It's but he gets some pass yeah. work. But again, we're talking about that Boston Scott rule that was only useful because Miles Sanders. I, I no would. Injuries. I would prefer. I think he's better than Boston Scott. Yeah, 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 and, and the handcuff. But the, the issue, I'd prefer to take a chance on Gainwell over Hubbard just because I think it's more likely that Sanders is either injured or ineffective. They're not, no matter how badly Christian McCaffrey played, not that Christian McCaffrey's going to play badly, but they're not ever moving away. There's zero world in which Christian McCaffrey is ever benched. That's not happening. Whereas he's going to be, he's going to be on the field so much. That's why, he, that, but that's why he, the draft capital is there. He, that's why he's worth so much. That's why he's yeah, always worth so much until he falls off a cliff until four years from now. But Miles Sanders is not that great. He could, if he plays poorly and he's not good, he could in theory be benched at some point. But even then, it's a Jalen Hurts offense who doesn't throw to the running back, which is Gainwell's best skill. So I. This is uh, Tyler convincing himself to make his choice in the third round for everybody. No, it's not me convincing involved. myself. It's me being upset because I hate this landing spot for Gainwell, who is one of my favorite players, and everything is everything there is bad. I want him to see the receiving work, and he's not going to see it with Jalen Hurts, even if Miles Sanders went down. Well, maybe next year Hurts will be gone, like we presume, and a quarterback that passes will be there. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just it's just sad. I I just wanted to harp on that for a little bit, but. The uh, it, the running backs in this class, really, the NFL told us that they don't like the running backs in this yeah. class. Let's take it home here with our last six. We'll bluff them all here. We have Kellen Mon, Tutu Atwell, Josh Palmer, Des Fitzpatrick, Elijah Mitchell pulled up by me, and Tylen Wallace to finish it off. Mitchell, I, I, that's one I think is the one because Tyler has him at thirty-seven, and I have him at thirty. I have him at thirty-one, I believe, which is again nothing too crazy of a difference in this range of players. I just think Mitchell is more explosive than Sermon. It could see that kind of explosive work in that Kyle Shanahan offense. That's all I could see is that there's something could happen where he sees enough work to be usable or enough injuries. There's like a, a path there, 
with him, like somewhere deep in there. Tutu Apple is is pretty much just draft capital. I mean, I don't even like him. That's, but yeah, there's. I have nothing. It, I don't know. I don't know how a, a wide receiver like that weighs as much he's as a paper. Piece of paper. Like, yeah, he's the first player that I know of that weighs less than I do. So that is not that is not a good sign. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't understand the Tutu Atwell pick. Uh, I see now. I see now why the Rams trade away all of their draft picks because they're incompetent. I literally made that tweet. I'm like, I totally understand why they. No, trade I, them away. I completely agree. I I just have no understanding with what the Rams were doing in this draft at all. I Neither don't, do they. Well, they don't have. They never have had a first round pick. They trade all their first round picks. I see why because they're incapable of using any draft picks. I don't know if Tutu Atwell is better than Van Jefferson or not. Uh, maybe he is, but I didn't understand that pick last year. I, I criticized that pick last year. I don't think either are good. So it's like, no, it's I think like it's, the, it's who's yeah. less bad. Uh, so I have, and there's Deshaun Jackson there who will play for like one or two games where he gets hurt. Like, yeah. And then they picked another like receiver tight end and Jacob Harris. I don't know what they planned for him in the fourth round. So they, I don't know what they were doing. So the shocking picks in this whole thing were the Josh Palmer deaths with Patrick. Like, I don't even know these players before, like, they were picked pretty much. These Me neither. Guys that just, like, the teams like them enough to use capital on them. So we have to be aware of them. And that's why they're in this spot. So they could find a role because there aren't teams that could have a role. But, yeah. Yeah. With, with Des Fitzpatrick, it's just kind of like, it's a little bit similar to Amon Ross St. Brown, where it's like, the fourth round has the opportunity. The opportunity's there. Uh, except it's a player that I had no interest in pre-draft at all. I looked at his college profile. It's I, it's like the worst one I've ever seen. There's like no statistics. He didn't do anything. We have four years of, I believe there's four years of nothing. Four years of nothing. And then in the last year, he finally did something playing alongside Tutu Atwell. He finally managed to accomplish something. But, I mean, he was okay, but like, I just, I'm just not excited by this. Like, he was a four-year player, not an early declare. He's an older player. I'm, I'm fine with him for the opportunity, but whatever. I, I, I don't. That's all I we're taking. Know. These guys at this range are just guys that were taken with higher capital, so they deserve the spot for that reason because they have more likelihood to hit the field. Josh Palmer is more interesting to me because he plays with Justin Herbert, who we all like. We all like Justin Herbert. And there's an opportunity there. I do not believe in Mike Williams at all. I think Mike Williams is very overrated. They lost Hunter Henry in free agency. They replaced him with Jared Cook and Trey McKitty in the third round, but that's not a replacement for Hunter Henry. So they have some space for a weapon behind Keenan Allen. So I'd be a little bit more interested in Josh Palmer than I would be Des, Des Fitzpatrick, also because Palmer went in the, with the 14th pick in the third round, which I don't understand. But that's I mean, what they that's did. how our rankings are too. But we're talking yeah. about like two spots back to back. Yeah, I just kind of like they're there. I just don't. I just don't get it. I, I don't know why they picked him. They were they should have picked Amon Ross St. Brown uh, or Tylen Wallace. I, I don't really know why they went with Des Fitzpatrick they, or Josh Palmer. They have some something they see in them, but honestly, we're not too excited about these players, and there's a, there's these big reasons why. Again, these are the kind of things where I would, wouldn't mind kicking the can a year by yeah. trading away these picks, and if someone Same. likes somebody they like, and then just get a 2022, which, again, we can use that better for capital in season a lot of the time because it's another mystery box. If you take yeah. a player there, you have to trade the player in season at the player's value. Which is take, hard to do, especially with the way this class fell. Yeah, with, with running backs... With running backs, it's easier. With wide receivers, it's like uh, basically impossible. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So, like, I'd rather again have that third that I could be like, "Hey, I'm gonna do this trade and swap me a two and a three, and I have this extra three, I, and I gained a two there or something like that to build upon it." So, it's something to consider with these wide receiver shots. If someone wants to give you a future third for your three, ten, twelve, or whatever, and that's that could be something you would consider doing in this year's class. Yeah, it just it's just this range is just so bad. I don't like we're not usually when you'd hear us talk about this in a normal year, we'd be like, oh, I really I have good hopes for this player or OK, I can see the path for this guy or whatever. And it's just like I, I just don't have anything like that to say. I 
I, I don't want to pretend that I'm excited by these players because that would tell you that I value the picks more than they do than I do and I don't. So yeah, I, I totally agree, I suppose. Anything you want to close this out with Tyler? No, I mean other than that, the NFL draft was disappointing for a lot of these players. But, you know, take advantage of it. If people are willing to give you these picks for nothing, take them. They're still players. You know, as much as we dislike them, you know, if, if you're if someone's giving you a third this year for a fourth next year, still take it. Still, t- still take the third round pick this year. Take the player. Uh, don't don't get carried away. Don't, don't backpedal. Don't backpedal. Yeah, don't, don't don't get carried away with the hate on this class. But I think the biggest lesson is that you should be trying to trade up. As, as we've talked about so many times on the last show, we talked about it on this show so many times. You, you want to trade up. You want to get into that, really the top 12, really even higher, like the top 10. And, you know, at worst, like the top. I say 15, Tyler says 19. 19, but really it's more like 17 uh, for me, I suppose. 17 to 19, after 19, it's like, I don't, I have not recommended anyone trade in to any part of any draft after 19 this entire year after to get a player after those top 19 i have not recommended that they trade into the draft or up to get any player like that so that that should tell you all you need to know yeah that's definitely something to keep in mind especially that thing going on is knowing where the lines are and pay attention to where people are falling inside of there again my line's 15 tyler's is 19 so tyler's a little more optimistic about the class a little bit but but for once i am the pessimist with i'm usually the pessimist but that's why this works well with my final thought really excited for our next show one thing i really want to bring up is next week we are going to be doing our sleepers these are around four guys or guys you pick off the waiver that could have immense value or be very useful for your team so i'm very excited for that show because i've got a few guys that i've been grabbing in the fourth round that i want to talk about and why i'm basically 90 percent owner of these players so something fun to think about at least i'm actually more excited for the deeper guys than these uh, middle of the pack guys but thank you all so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you soon